confidant, my uh, healed, choosing, putting yourself first, bad bitch confidant. Welcome to another episode of Confidently Insecure. This is the podcast where we are absolutely sure we don't know everything. I am your host, Kelsey Dara. And in continuing this amazing series that we are doing on, you know, uncoupling, breaking up after what I have just been going through with my relationship, this story, this week's guest, I am so excited to talk about because when I got the blurb about this person's story, my jaw just about fell to the floor. And I thought this could not come in at a better time to be talking about choosing yourself, moving forward, making a plan for your life, despite what society thinks about it. And I want to introduce to you guys this week's guest. She is a first of all, queer tarot legend, oh my God, and author of Knocking Myself Up, which chronicles her choice to get pregnant and have children as a queer, uninsured, single 40-year-old woman. Along the way, she falls in love with a wholesome genderqueer, a decade her junior, attempts to biohack herself a baby with black market fertility meds and witch-enchanted honey, learns that her eggs are busted, and enters the fertility industrial complex in order to carry her younger lover's baby. She also produces and hosts the Your Magic podcast, wherein she reads tarot cards for Roxanne Gay, Phoebe Bridgers, and other artists, as well as a live tarot show, Ask the Tarot, on Spotify Green Room. This week's guest, so excited to welcome Michelle T. Hi, Michelle. Hi, thanks for having me. Okay, girl, what the <laughs> flying fuck? When I got the like log line of your book, I just shot myself because first of all, I think you might be me in the future, uh, like eight years. I don't know. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm coming out of this uncoupling. I am bisexual. I am someone who does a lot of things on her own. But you really, you really did that. So the first thing I got to ask is like, how the hell did we end up here with the choice of, you know, knocking yourself up? Well, I think, you know, like a lot of people, um, I was really ambivalent for like my whole life about whether or not I wanted kids. I just didn't know. I I definitely wasn't someone who was like, I know I'm destined to be a mom. I'm so drawn to that. Like that was not my story. Neither was I like, oh, no way. I hate kids. Like that's terrifying. Um, I mean, I was kind of like, oh, I hate kids. That's terrifying in my early 20s. But then, <laughs> yeah. you know, it sort of changed and morphed. And then when I hit my 40s, um, I, well, I've actually the age 40, not even just entered that decade. Um, you know, I realized I kind of got this sort of now or never vibe about it. Mm. And in the past, you know, I was in a long-term relationship with someone who adamantly didn't want kids. And so I sort of let that make the decision for me. And now here I was being like, oh, I don't see mm. any, you know, viable partners in sight. And, you know, I'm as economically stable as I'm ever going to be, which is to say, kind of, you know, like I had, a, I was running a nonprofit that, you know, relied on grant money. Sometimes it did, it mostly did good, but it was always a little unsure. Didn't have health insurance, but managed to get by. And I was like, I think I need to jump in. Um, I researched like what eggs are like when you're 40, like what happens to your eggs. Mm-hmm. And when I saw the statistics and how kind of grim they were, I burst into tears and I was like, oh, wow. But it was really great because I was like, oh, that's I see that I actually have a feeling like I do Mm. want to try to have a kid. You know, my it kind of shattered my ambivalence and Mm. helped give me clarity about what I wanted. And so, Mm. you know, I, I didn't enter into it 
with this sort of like, I've got to have a baby. I was really like, okay, I'm going to try this out. I'm going to see if it works. But then the longer I invested, the more invested I became. I mean, that is so magical. What you said just about having the feeling kind of going, making you more self-aware of just like, oh shit. I should probably look into this crying thing. Is it yeah. just grieving that my eggs are, I, I always say deflating as if <laughs> deflate, but I guess I just mean like dropping at an, uh, a more aged rate. I don't know. Um, yeah. and as someone I'm turning 32 tomorrow, actually, and just <gasps> got birthday, out of it. Leo. Thank you. Leo season. Leo Gemini Gemini. So I've just been like basking in this, like communicative time of sharing all of the shit I've been going oh, through yeah. while also yeah. being like, I'm a hot girl and I cry. Um, <laughs> and I, you know, I went through a five year relationship. I gave someone what I think is probably the best eggs of my life. And <laughs> I, now I joked before that I should make him as like a breakup gift slash birthday gift pay for me to get like my eggs frozen because can you do that? Can you make such a demand? Can I? I mean, it's worth a try. I feel like we need to involve both of our therapists, but mm -hmm. I'm going to certainly write up a draft, um, <laughs> draft proposal. But is the, was the, the freezing of the eggs and potentially even like making embryos just not something that you were like, I would, I need to have a, like a human formed baby soon. <laughs> well, I just thought that that whole world of freezing eggs and, you know, uh, assisted reproductive technology test tube babies. It just seemed really expensive and intimidatingly expensive. Like I grew up really broke and I spent a lot of my adult years really broke. And, um, because of that, I have some, some real acquired like scarcity kind of uh, issues. Like even yeah. when I do have, like I realized recently that I'll never have enough money to like, securely buy a new couch so i realized i just uh. had to buy it like it's just my <laughs> mind like my mind like i'm never gonna have enough money to feel secure like i get sure. just scared all the time you know yeah. and so it was even hard to know right then like if i could afford it or not because i have mm. such um a lack of clarity about about money and i get so mm. anxious about spending it mm. so you know knowing that there was so much uh sperm just walking around there for free in the bodies of all these gay men that I'm friends with, I'm like, surely they're not using it, you know? I mean, they're using it, but you know. No, they're like, using it, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, surely I can bump some sperm off of one of these hot gay boys You're kidding. that I know and just do this, see if I can get myself a free baby You're before I me. look into science. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it makes perfect sense. I live in West Hollywood and you know, most of my queer friends. See, you are... can slip and fall and end up pregnant in West Hollywood. You got to be careful. <laughs> and honestly, my gay male friends are so actualized, good looking, educated. Like, I, it's primo, spimo. You know it's what I'm saying? The best sperm. Yeah, yeah. I do. I okay, do. So obviously, and I, I mentioned this offline before we started recording. I didn't want to read the book before I talked to you because I want to go back and like fill in the holes and the details and what I'm sure is so much comedy and and fun through your book mm -hmm. so forgive me for asking details i'm sure you cover in the book but what the fuck did you do did you approach these people were you like i'm looking for come hello yeah <laughs> it, me basically i mean i i had a lot of really awkward interactions with people <laughs> who i was like acquaintances wow. with you know like yeah. i have like my my gay boy bestie mm -hmm. who i just asked first you know and mm -hmm. he just was like 
I don't know. You know, it brings up a lot of stuff for people, right? Mm -hmm. They're just like, oh, God, I'm going to feel responsible for this person. Even though I'm there saying, like, you're not, you're not responsible. It doesn't matter. Like, it, it's how people feel about it. So, so my gay bestie said no. And so then I was just on to these, you know, acquaintances that I see out at the club or at the bar or at a literary event. And they're like, hey, girl. And I'm like, hey, girl, would you give me sperm so that I could have a baby? And they're just like, is this a new performance piece you're working out? And I'm like, maybe, but I'm also serious, you know? And so I got a lot of like people just like fumbling and being like, oh, God, you don't want my genes, you know, with this and that. Yeah. And people being like self-deprecating about their genes. Sure. And I'm like, I'm like, my genes are terrible. Like everyone in my, you know, history is like alcoholic and mentally ill. Like we're going to figure Same. it out. It's all going to yeah. be okay. Mm. Can I have your sperm? And then finally, I was talking to, uh, I was like catching up with an ex who had a, a bestie who's this amazing drag queen who's um, political and fabulous and, and smart and gorgeous and all the things. And they were like, you know, he's been dying to give his sperm <gasps> to like some some people looking to have a gay baby. You're and kidding. so I sent I sent them a little note and I was like, hey, I heard you're dying to give your sperm away. And I'm sort of, you know, spare changing for it, you know, in the in the bars and clubs of San Francisco. <laughs> Um, and he's like, you know, I was like, this is what would happen. You'd just like come over to my house and I'd give you this little warm bowl and you just like, you know, get your stuff into it. And then my best friend, uh, I call her Rhonda in the book, but her name's really Tara. Tara oh, would hi, Tara. kind of take the bowl and uh, you'd pass it to her and she'd kind of run it to me where I'm in my bedroom. And he sent back a note saying, you had me at warm bowl. I'm in. So... That began like yes. a year of it's just, amazing. you know, and I thought it would be, I don't know, just you swing by my house, jerk off in my kitchen and split, yeah. like no big deal. Casual. But it's, yeah, but it's actually a lot like, cause it has to be right when I'm ovulating, you know, I'm peeing on these ovulation sticks mm -hmm. and I'm like, oh my God, I got these three days and it doesn't matter what he's doing. He's protesting at, you know, Occupy yeah. Wall Street. <laughs> he's got, you know, a big drag show that night. Aww. It's his freaking birthday and he rented a yeah. roller rink, you know, <laughs> he has to come over to me yeah. at, at some point. So it really required a lot. And I'm so grateful that he stuck with it. Um, so I mean, yeah, but then, you know, after a year of this, um, uh, when I, did meet somebody and got health insurance and decided to at least go to the doctor and have my eggs looked at by a professional egg, egg looker. Um, <laughs> I realized that my eggs were no good and all of that, all of that really sweet, like bonding, fun, strange hangouts at my house, trying to knock me up. Like none, they were all for naught. I was never going to get pregnant that way. Wow. Okay. So that's amazing. First of all. And I, I have to imagine the, the conversations that you had with the potential sperm donor being here's like the, um, I don't want to say the rules, but was there anything ever where you like, I should get this written down in legal documents or were you just like, nah, I'm really just, let's do it quick and, and old fashioned. I mean, everyone tells you to get a lawyer and get everything written in the legal documents. And mm -hmm. you know, of course that's a great idea. I mean, I have a friend who's like a queer female in Europe who, um, did the same thing and thought everything was super chill with her gay boy sperm donor. But then once she had the baby, he was really invested and now she can't like uh, move. She has yeah. to stay like in the same city as him. And wow, that's yeah. not what she wanted, you know? Right. So I, things can go awry even when you think that they won't. Mm -hmm. That said, I just 
trusted this person so deeply and I, I felt like I really got him and I was like, you know, I wanted him to have as much interaction with the baby as he wanted. So it wasn't like, oh, you know, give me your sperm and stay away. It was like, you mm -hmm. want to be part of this kid's life. I totally welcome that. Um, obviously, I'm the parent, you know, I'm making all the decisions. And he was like, he had his own life path and his yeah. whole, whole, you know, going to grad school and, and getting his doctorate. And like, wow. you know, he had a, his whole life planned out. And so he wasn't interested in, you know, wanting a say in this child. Yeah. Like, that's the last thing that he wanted. Um, wow. But he just wanted us to keep this special friendship. And so I didn't have him sign anything. Yeah. Um, although when we moved everything into the world of, you know, you know, IUIs and IVF, um, that and, and brought him in as a sperm donor, uh -huh. even though all the folks in that world advise you to not go with a known donor. They advise you to use a yeah. sperm bank. Right. Um, but I was like, no, you know, I yeah. really want to work with, with this sperm. Um, yeah. They kind of like <laughs> part, part of their whole thing is they end up getting all of that in writing. So gotcha. So I there did was... end up getting it yeah. because we went that route. But if I had gotten knocked up in my little bedroom with the warm bowl, um, <laughs> It, there, there wouldn't really be any paperwork except an email just saying like, sure. you don't want, no, yeah, yeah, I'm a parent and being I like, mean, I totally. I guess that's binding in some states. I'm sure. Is it? Is. I, I don't know. I'm not a lawyer. I am having sex with one. Um, okay. So we find we'll out. Ask them. Yeah. We'll ask them. Uh, we find out eggs aren't doing what they're supposed to, aren't catching that warm bowl the way we want to be caught. <laughs> What's the next step? Well, the next step is to go, um, well, you know, when I, when I went to the doctor, um, to find the, you know, the fertility doctor and he wanted my vag, which I wasn't expecting. I didn't know that was going to happen. Um, you know, I thought the ultrasound was just like a little, oh, a no. little like a little mouse that they put over your belly, but I hadn't gotten an <laughs> ultrasound no, in they a long time. That shit. They go they right up there. <laughs> I was like, God damn it. I'm, you're playing, I'm like in a, a video game here. He told me that, you know, yeah, I didn't, I, my eggs weren't very good and I had less eggs than a woman my age should mm. have, which are not that many to begin. It was just all bad news, Ugh. but you know, they're so freaking optimistic. These, these, you know, fertility people, they have to be, that's their yeah. bread and butter. Yeah. He's like, don't worry, we're going to get you pregnant. But I was like, yeah, but at what cost? Like, I don't have literally. a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, ex literally. But then when he realized that, um, my the person I was with um, was 10 years younger than me and also had ovaries. He was like, oh, we're not even dealing with your eggs anymore. So, you know, we want these nice, fresh eggs. So bring your wow. partner in here. And, you know, I did. And we went in and um, and this is my ex now. But, yeah. you know, we were together at the time and, and, and I brought them on board my crazy baby train and they were totally into it. Um, and then you know, their eggs were great. So we were trying to figure out what to do. They didn't want to have a baby. They are very like male identified. Yeah. And the thought of suddenly all these parts of their body that they're right. constantly negotiating and trying to minimize, yeah. like exploding was yeah. really awful for them. Right. Um, but then I realized that I could, I could snatch one of their eggs and I could have the baby in my body. So wow. yeah. That, science baby. That, I mean, the, literally science baby, but also like the the way that you were able to like the universe brought this to you in two miracle esque ways. You know, yeah. like that's such an amazing um, 
honor, I guess, or privilege, I guess, yeah. to have, have had that happen and have people that were so open and willing to do that. Now, when you took your, I love how you said you just snatched their egg as if it's just like a quick stop at the <laughs> chicken coop and you just pull one up out of the hay. Um, when you had snatched their egg, had you had these plans in being together long-term raising a child or was it, we're just kind of going to go with what the universe brings sort of as the sperm donor was doing <laughs> kind of a little of both. I mean, mm -hmm. we had fallen in love. Mm -hmm. Um, and at some point I sort of started inviting them over to my, my little egg happenings, you know, my insemination happenings at my house. Um, you know, I was really scared to tell them once I just started dating them casually. Like when I first started trying to get pregnant, I was like, all people are scrubs. I'm only attracted to people who are sociopaths. Yeah. Like I should not be dating. I'm just going to have a baby and like write books and uh, you know, hang so with my sweet. friends. Yeah. yeah it was not a bad plan. No. But then I met this person and they seemed really like a different breed of, of person than I normally yeah. date. And yeah. We really fell in love, and I was very scared to tell them that I was trying to get pregnant, mm -hmm. um, and I felt like I'd waited too long because, mm -hmm. like, suddenly we were in love, and I, you know, I, you know, I didn't tell them. Mm -hmm. I was afraid that they would break up with me when they learned wow. that I was doing this. Sure. Um, but obviously, I had to tell them eventually, and yeah. then they were really into it, and they were like, "I was afraid to tell you how badly I want a family because I didn't want to scare you off." Wow. And they're like, I know this isn't my thing. It's your thing. But like, I think it's so cool. Yeah. And so, you know, we stayed together and then kind of slowly, well, maybe quickly, <laughs> it became our thing, you wow. know, and, and that was really cool. And, yeah. you know, we're not together anymore. And honestly, we had a sort of terrible, mm. uh, COVID divorce that Ugh. was un, you know, happy ending for me ultimately, but at the time really unexpected and traumatic, mm. but I always held on to this feeling of like, you know, they came into my life at this yeah. at this point where mm -hmm. it was really now or never for me to have a baby mm -hmm. and I couldn't do it on my own. And what yeah. are the chances of finding somebody mm -hmm. who just was was willing to step up yeah. in such a way? So yeah. I do feel like the universe brought them to me for this one specific, you know, collaboration. Yeah. And, I'm so grateful. and I just had to hold on to that when I was you know, super resentful and butthurt and, and just outraged. Yeah. I was like, I got a baby that I wouldn't have had otherwise. Oh so. Yeah. Spoiler alert. You got the baby. Oh, spoiler <laughs> alert. I know. Way to jump ahead. Oh my oh, God. I mean, this could have ended so many different ways. Like I really it's didn't true. know where it was going. And again, oh, like I said, I purposely <laughs> didn't want to stalk you so that I could learn here right now with you about the journey. But I, I mean, something that I wasn't expecting for this conversation was to have weaved the breakup of, of yeah. your own situation into this, but it's I mean, definitely part of it. Yeah. It, yeah. It, and that grief and that the, how untraditional your story is anyway. And, you know, I was a queer person in a hetero open relationship and my partner wants a family. And I, as a 32 year old, as of tomorrow, don't right now, mm -hmm. but I'm not shutting that door completely for down the line. But knowing yeah. that those value systems at our core never really w have been matched up was something I think we were sweeping under the rug for a long time, even though oh, that's so joked, common. Yeah. We joked about like the, the dream would be, we would both be able to fall in love with the same girl. She could move into like our pool house and like he could have a baby with her and people would be like, what are you fucking talking about? And I'm like, you guys, this sounds like a dream. I don't think you understand that it, I don't care how traditional it sounds. That sounds perfect for us. And so 
with yeah. what you were doing, I think people, their jaw drops because it's so fucking untraditional, but hearing mm-hmm. your personal experience with it, it makes so much sense. And yeah, I want to know, like, what were you receiving from the public during this decision-making time? And how were you, like, you need a chart at this point, like a a map to carry around with you when someone asks about how the baby happened. I know. So how did you We had a chart from the the clinic. Stop. (laughs) Um, You know, I I told, you know, my friends, you know, I didn't start, you know, with this pregnancy journey till I was 40 years old. And so I'd been living in queer community, um, in a queer arts community specifically, for like decades, yeah. right? And it's really interesting. When I was younger, the people sort of separated, like mm-hmm. it's such a big community, but the people who were all on that, I'm going to have a family track mm-hmm. kind of went over there. And then the people who are all like, I'm just going to be like, I'm going to hoard animals and, <laughs> you know, just like slut around for yeah. a lot longer like, and, and, and make weird art. Like we're going to go over here. Yeah. And I was with those people. Mm. So when I was like, you guys, I'm going to, I think I want to try to have a baby. They were like, you're nuts. You're a slut. You're going to put your baby in a basket while you're having sex. Like, what are you going <laughs> to do? You like to go jet off to Paris. Like I was just like, it was actually shocking to see like what my friends thought of me. I'm like, God, I sound so glamorous. Like I didn't I know. know that I was I like that. <laughs> but I'm like, I think I'll work it out. I want to mm. have a bohemian baby. Mm. You know, I'll take my baby to Paris with yeah. me. Yeah. And then they were like, there was also this, like, your life is so good. Mm. You know, and there is a lot of gratitude as a queer person that, like, you know, we don't necessarily, we don't have to worry about accidentally mm-hmm. getting pregnant. I mean, mm-hmm. some of us do, of course, but like a mm-hmm. lot of us don't, and I never did. And, you know, we got to sort of dodge those expectations mm-hmm. as a queer person. And that is a silver lining, mm-hmm. you know, with all the other shit that we've had to deal with. Um, so my friends were like, what are you talking about? Like, we, es- we escaped all of that. <laughs> Why would you ruin your life? And I'm like, well, it's because I have such a great life that I want to bring a baby Aww, into it, yeah. you guys. I don't, if I thought of it as ruining my life, I, I, I sure wouldn't be walking towards it yeah but yeah there was some friends were into it um some friends were concerned that i was treating it like a like an art project or a science Mm. experiment but you know they say the way you do anything the way you do anything is the way you do everything and that's sort of how i approach life so you know yeah that's how i approached trying to have a baby was just sort of like putting it out to the universe seeing what happens We'll we'll do it in a punk way. We'll do it in a non-traditional way. <laughs> Hell yeah. yeah. I'm open to it. So let's talk about actually getting pregnant then. Like how mm-hmm. did it happen and what was the reaction? I mean, I, I have to imagine after trying and being in this untraditional situation, what's, what'd you do? Well, we, um, we ended up, my, my ex had to get like, uh, we were on all these drugs. Oh my God. We were on so many weird hormonal fertility mm. drugs. It was wild. Um, and my ex was on these drugs too. So this is something incredible that I learned. And, you know, again, being in this body for 40 years, never knowing that um, I thought that every month, you know, when I ovulated, a little egg just rolled down the chute and that's it. And then just sat there passively, you know, waiting to get, you know, hit with sperm. But what happens every month is that actually all these eggs start developing in your uterus um, or in your ovaries, rather. They all start developing and then one rises up gains the most power and slays all the others. Oh, word? So it steals all the juice from all oh. the others. And it's like the dominant egg. Hell yeah. Juicy and, egg. 
I mean, like, why don't we know I that there's know this that. like battle to the death happening in our bodies every month? I mean, it feels you know? like it, right? It's a war. It, thank you. <laughs> yes, it really, really does. But you always hear this like, you know, triumphant narrative about the sperm, like the hardy sperm ah. that was the alpha sperm that reached the egg. And it's like, well, that egg already slayed all her sisters. Ah. So it better be a hardy fucking sperm yeah. because that egg is like a boss bitch egg. Oh, right? I love that. Yeah. So, so. My ex was on these drugs that um, made it so that all the eggs became boss bitch eggs mm. and instead of just one. And so they harvested the eggs. Um, my my lovely sperm donor had already gone into the little sperm donation chamber, which this is a hilarious aside. Yes. Um, you know, they're gay. And so they went in to jerk off and, and, and get my, you know, donation, my sample or whatever. And there's porn in there and there's no porn for gay men. Shut up. So I know. In San Francisco so the, of all places? In fucking San Francisco. The fuck? Yes. What hope do the rest it, of us have then? It was really shocking how straight the whole world of um, <laughs> IDF was. I thought it was just going to be a bunch of queers who had like, you know, you know, saved their pennies and were finally going to buy themselves a, a test yeah, tube baby. But yeah. it was a lot of straight people. Wow. Um, so when he came back to do his second uh, donation, he had brought his own computer and he made a video of himself jerking off. Just he like a close up on his dick, just like a, himself just, jerking off. And he made he made a video of it, and then he burned the video onto a DVD, and then he wrote on the DVD, "Who's your daddy?" And then he left the DVD in the DVD player <gasps> at the sperm place at the clinic. I I mean, love this person first of all. Second of yes, all, is your story being adapted best. into a feature film? I just got to know. I mean, it should be, yeah. and it needs to be. We'll talk yeah, offline. It needs to be. Okay, okay so great. Da- who's your daddy <laughs> helping the queer people out of the world at yeah. Banks? Gets your sperm. So you got these Gets bad bitch sp- eggs. Yep. Um, so they take them and they, they take immediately, you know, douse, douse the eggs with the sperm. I do want to say that this happened on Gay Pride Day in San Francisco. So the <gasps> date of conception for all these eggs oh, was Gay Pride. Um, and then I, I, they let them develop for five days and see what, you know, what they look like. So the first, and then I come in and it's, it's like this like low lit room and it's very chill and ambient. And I get a Valium, which is amazing because oh, I'm sober. Best. So I love getting a free I'm lap. I'm sober too. So. Oh, no way. Yes, going to the dentist. I'm like, let's fucking party. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, oh my God. That, that is so, so funny. I love that. Oh for my you. God. I loved, yes. I loved the days that I got, you know, my, uh, my, tra- my embryo transfer. Cause I always got a Valium and I always went and got ice cream afterwards and I loved eating ice cream on Valium. Oh my God. Uh, so the first one didn't take, uh, um, and there you go. And then the second one, uh, and this, you know, I don't want to gloss over it because it was traumatic and mm. I write about it in the book, but I did get pregnant. Um, and then, you know, I miscarried on mm. the day before my wedding. So me and Ooh. my ex decided to get married. Um, while we were in the midst of trying to have a baby, we're wow. doing all the things at once. And yeah, it was actually really intense because mm. it was, um, I had one, one checkup with my OB and we couldn't see the heartbeat. And she was like, well, you know, it's still, okay. You know, sometimes we can't, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. normally we can, but there's definitely mm-hmm. times that we can't. So mm-hmm. it's not, you know, nothing yet. And I'm so like insanely optimistic. Mm-hmm. I'm like, it's fine. Everything's great. You know? Yeah. And then my, my mom and my ex's mom were in town. So we were like, come to our oh, you know, sonogram, geez. like, like come and hear the baby's heartbeat with us. And then it was like, <laughs> now there's no wow. heartbeat and wow. you know, we're, we're done now. So that was really intense. Yeah. Um, 
And I didn't think that I would have optimism for the, you know, by now, even though I went into it sort of like testing my ambivalence Mm -hmm. a little, by this point, I'm really obviously invested. My body's invested. My body's been totally changed by all these hormones I'm giving it. Um, You know, my mentally, I'm like so obsessed now with having a fucking baby. So on the, the last time they put two embryos in me, which is terrifying because Twins. you're like, now I know what you're thinking, Kelsey, when did you become obsessed with cowboy boots? Well, did you forget that I was raised in Florida? Are you forgetting I'm a little country girl by heart? I even wore my Tacovas recently when I went on a ski trip with my family to Colorado. I wore my white Tacovas when I went to the Taylor Swift concert. And if you didn't think you would need cowboy boots anytime soon, uh, might I remind you that Beyonce just dropped her little country album and you're gonna need some Tacovas. Tacovas is my favorite boot brand and they're bringing a fresh perspective to heritage boot making. So they've carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots, but they've innovated on comfort, style, and service. Their Western boots for men and women are handmade from the most premium leathers with over 200 time-honored individual steps. And Tacovas is Western to their core offering a bunch of other head-to-toe western staples trucker jackets the perfect jeans to go with your boots performance pearl snaps cowboy hats bandanas you name it and they'll get you outfitted if you can't make it to one of their stores tacovas delivers the most premium quality and most comfortable western goods right to your door visit tacovas.com that's t-e-c-o-v-a-s.com and point your toes west you know, they do it because they're afraid that, you know, they don't think that both are going to develop. Mm-hmm. You know, they wouldn't do that. But of course, there's a chance of both developing and me being stuck with twins, which just seemed <laughs> like too much of a good thing. I Insane. was not yeah. interested in fucking having twins, no, you know. I got it. Um, but thankfully, my my baby ate his twin in the uh, room or thankfully. something. I don't know what happened. <laughs> Two went in, one came out. I did get pregnant. <laughs> I loved being pregnant. It was truly like a science experiment. I was so horny and I was so hungry. Hell yeah. And it was like food tasted so good and orgasms felt so amazing. Hell yeah. And I just felt like, oh, every archetype, every of like an weird giant earth mother who just wanted to like experience pleasure. It was gorgeous. I mean, that's not everybody's experience and... I did have like some projectile vomiting oh, well, incidences. Okay, it wasn't sure. all rosy, yeah. but it was mostly incredible. Yeah. yeah. And you're, you're also married at this point to your ex and yeah. Are you yeah, living we were, in we like honeymoon pregnancy bliss and everything's hunky dory? It was, yeah. yeah, it was really great. You know, we were, we had some fights about like, and I wrote about this about like whether or not to tell people, like we were so burned by having had the, the miscarriage, yeah. you know, and I, it's weird because when you're having IVF, it's like everyone knows you're trying to get pregnant. Like your friends know that you went in. Mm-hmm. And so it's not like you can keep it secret. They know you're either pregnant or yeah. not. So I was pretty open about telling people right. when I when I was pregnant. But then I had to tell everyone I was miscarrying. And <sighs> I did understand why people keep it quiet totally. because it was very vulnerable to have to express that to everyone and have yeah. everyone feel everyone's sympathy and concern mm. it was so tender mm. and you know sometimes that just feels so heavy horrible massive. To feel that tenderness. Yeah. oh god it was a lot wow. um 
But at the same time, I really had realized um, through my miscarriage and through conversations with like my nurse practitioner how incredibly common it is. Oh, man. One in four women miscarry. One in four, you we, guys. One yeah. in four. We should be prepared. Yes. You know, if we're trying to get pregnant, we should be prepared to experience a miscarriage. That's 25%. The, That's insane. Yeah. It's a lot. And so, you know, that, that, that weird silence around miscarriages does not serve people i don't no, think we don't you have know, any it, systems it, in it's place isolating yeah. yeah and you've always you know it feels like maybe you did something weird like maybe it's your fault like did I, oh i shouldn't have drank that cup of coffee or some stupid thing right, like that right. when that's not it you right. know that's it's just we don't know why yeah. a, a embryo stops developing yeah. wow. but um my my ex really wanted to be self-protective and not tell anybody mm. but i was feeling like i don't know maybe i want that support yeah. if if I end up miscarrying. Maybe I do want folks to know. So we really, we were really had diff. We were coming at it from different places sure. where um, to share the information yeah. of and and figuring out when to let people know when was mm-hmm. it safe because mm-hmm. you know technically it's never safe. Like things can happen all the way up to eight months of pregnancy. Right, right. But thankfully we were lucky. We only had one um, baby and growing in me, and it grew and but it didn't tip down. You know how they're supposed to dive down? Yeah. They, they flip at some point yeah. so they can swim out of your vag. Yeah. My guy never did oh, that. What the fuck? He just he just sat in that lotus position. He's just like, I'm not he's moving. He's chilling, just meditative state. He's totally chilling. Enjoying and he is Earth so mama. Yeah. Wow. Absolutely. So that was hard because you know I did want to experience a vaginal birth. I mean, I was terrified of sure. it also, and I definitely felt all that pressure of just like no draw, you know, mm-hmm. do it natural wow. and all this stuff wow. and. I know I was, you know, I was sort of like, okay, I probably should do it that way. And I took a mindfulness childbirth class where I had to like stick my hands in ice water and meditate to try to like change my relationship with wow I love that idea. Actually, it was intense. Was it It, helpful? It was so intense. I think so. And I mean, I'm very tattooed and I have a meditation practice. And so I do use meditation when I'm getting tattooed. So it it wasn't foreign to me. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, my, my baby would not flip. And I was doing all these things to try to get him to flip. I was putting, like, really early hole, you know, on, on headphones. I was playing music. So I was like, what's the most abrasive music I can play? Like, Stop. really early Courtney Love. Oh, my gosh. But he just was into it. He didn't he didn't hate it. He didn't oh. flip. And then I would put, like, really, like, a cold bag of peas on his where his head was trying to get him to flip. Oh, he was probably he like, loves- thank you for that. It felt nice. He was. He loved it. He's a total weirdo. He wants to go to Antarctica more than anything. Like, he loves being cold. There you go. So he loved it. Did you know? I did, you know, acupuncture. I did this um, this Chinese process called moxibustion mm. where they put, like, incense on your feet. I've done moxo where they burn incense on the legs. Yes. Yes. Insane yes. shit. It's really wild. And then I did the Western medicine thing, which was really wild, which is a process called ECV, where three adults put all their pressure on your giant pregnant belly and they kind of try to lift the baby like through your skin and manually flip him. Oh, my God. It was terrifying. Like I opened my eyes once (gasps) and it just looked like they were trying to pop the giant zit (gasps) of my stomach. And I was like, oh, I can't look at that. And so I closed my eyes and I meditated. I had my doula who was a total witch she's a shaman love. and a doula uh, love. and she was just there like rubbing my temples yes and the doctor said i i did it like i got through it better than anyone they've ever done it Holy to shit. before but the baby still didn't motherfucker move. so 
I had to have a C-section, which was fine, honestly. Yeah. It was fine. But I did, you know, they, once they realized, once the medical team realized that I had to have a C-section, they want to plan it immediately. And my shaman doula was like, should really try to go into labor and have the baby experience labor. It's like better for you. It's Mm. better for the baby. Mm. So I did that forever. And he just wasn't, he wasn't coming out. I wasn't going into labor. And then it was the very last day of Libra. (gasps) <gasps> right. Ah. And the, the next day, four planets were moving into Scorpio oh, on the shit. very next day. Four Gotta planets. Get this baby out. A, <laughs> and there was a, a, an eclipse. There was an eclipse for, in Scorpio. So there's a Scorpio lunar eclipse, four planets moving into Scorpio. I'm giving birth to a boy, like whatever might happen, you know, he's coming out with the, uh, you know, a, a penis and we're assigning him male and, you know, who knows what the future holds for this person. But I was like, God damn it. I don't want to raise a Hilarious. boy with four planets in Scorpio. No. And like my sister's a Scorpio and I called her and I'm like, am I being evil? Like, is this some sort of like, I don't know, like really fucked up thing no. to do against Scorpio? No. She said, no. She said, it's really hard See, to be a Scorpio. You got permission. And, yeah. And to have four planets in Scorpio, she's like, that's too much. So I told the doctors, I'm like, you got to get him out of me today. Honestly, they wanted me to a come. favor. Yeah. It was my first act of parenting, right? <laughs> of being a good mother. I was like, I was like, you got to get him out of me now. Because, you know, it was very hurry up and wait. They're like, come in, come in, come in. And then I came in and they kept sending me home because there was all these emergencies yeah. happening. And they're like, we can, we can do it at five o'clock tonight. And I'm like, I'm here. I'm not moving. Listen, so. fucking tit. That's incredible. My mother had me three days before her birthday and she did the same thing where she, it, well, it was less of a selfless act. It was, she was like, I don't want to share my birthday with this motherfucker. Like, take her out. I oh want her Oh my not. God. That is She's so funny. She's also a Leo, as you can imagine. She was like, I'm not sharing my birthday. So that's right. You need your separate spotlight. Yeah, same, same, but different. Sure. Hilarious. Okay. So oh we birth a beautiful baby boy into this world. Yeah. That is this gorgeous. Co- I love the word collaboration for what you experienced. This gorgeous collaboration. <laughs> And tell me what that experience is like. You know, you went into this as a single person. You're coming out coupled. You, you're you're coming out with a full ass family. Like what? Yeah. How was that for you? The experience. It was incredibly moving. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, this thing happens to you hormonally, where after you give birth, your hormones drop to where they below your normal baseline. So you start off with your normal baseline of hormones, you know, walking through the world. And then when you get pregnant, your hormones go through the roof. Mine went extra through the roof because because I was doing it artificially, I was injecting all these hormones. So my hormones, it's like an elevator with cut cables. They just plummeted. And I just had so many feelings. I was like, oh my God, we're all going to (laughs) die. Everything is so fragile. How do we make life? Oh God, how did we all come together? You know, it was very... I mean, it was so incredibly tender and I felt such intense love like I've never felt before, Mm. Uh, not only for my baby, but for the person I was with as well. And for the moment and for, for life, for this mysterious planet that we don't understand how it got here, how we got here. Um, I was, it was very psychedelic. Ah, It was very psychedelic. It sounds like a little bit like a bad trip, but it was just very emotional. It was really emotional. And I was so sensitive when I came home. Like I remember sitting with the baby, holding the baby. And my, um, my, my ex, who's now my co-partner, uh, my co-parent yeah. rather, um, they, they were watching something on TV that just had like gunfire. <gasps> and I was just like, oh, how, do you, how do you not know that this little creature should yeah. never hear gunfire? Yeah. You know, it's like, you're just so mm. incredibly um, sensitive. Mm-hmm. And I really understand like 
overprotective mothers and like how all mothers are kind of fucking annoying and they're always like <laughs> you know just so worried about you and they want you to do like the safe thing instead of the fun thing like sure. always you know and just like my mother my mother moved in with me during covid so oh, like i live yeah. with her now and i can't leave the house without her being like be careful Aww. from new england be careful i'm like i'm walking across the street to the grocery yeah. store to get milk. like i'm gonna but you get but it i now. get it I do. Yeah. You're like hormonally bonded with this creature in a way that is just a very different relationship mm. than you've ever had. And, you know, not to, I, I don't, I don't mean to put out propaganda that like, you know, centers the, the bond between the gestational parent sure. and, and the baby, but they're just, there really is mm. um, this weird primal mm. hormonal bond mm. that is like nothing I've ever experienced, yeah. you know. And when I had to stop nursing because my tits are just too scrawny, I wasn't producing enough milk, Aww, you know. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's okay, fine. you know, it's fine. It was good. It was what was best for the baby. Yeah. But it was like a little sad for me. Yeah. And like my, my ex like didn't get it. He's just like, whatever. It's like such a pain in the ass. You have to get up. <laughs> all the time and I was just like you don't understand yeah you know I was like feeding him with my body yeah. like that's so weird yeah. and special yeah. you know oh yeah. wow so I mean to to fast forward a little bit right you you mentioned mm -hmm. that there eventually was this breakup period with the uncoupling yeah. as a partnership but you can't uncouple as co-parent in that situation or or could you have Man, I mean, it's so intense. I mean, I've never broken up with somebody before. I've never been in a breakup, especially one that was like kind of ugly mm. and where I felt like someone didn't act right. Mm. Um, and then you have to interact with them all the mm. fucking time and like make nice, right? Because like, I don't know, I've been through, you know, my parents got divorced when I was young and it was really acrimonious mm. and, and we, me and my sister were we were kind of used as we were used oh, a little bit, sure. you know, we heard the parent, the parents complaining about each other to mm. us. And like, you know, I would never ever do that to my kids. Yeah. So, you know, we just have to act like we love each other, even though like, I just, I was in a lot of pain for a while at the mm. way I was treated it, the way my ex chose to end everything. Mm. So it was really quite an experience yeah. Um, yeah. to just have to make nice and act like it was totally cool yeah. when it, it even the divorce even had to kind of act like the divorce was was cool mm. you know even though it wasn't it wasn't what i wanted yeah. at the time i'm grateful for it now sure. but at the time sure. you know i was very much like what the hell yeah. are you doing you're losing your mind yeah. let, let me let me save you from yourself yeah. you know it's i can't even imagine having a child involved with an uncoupling and do you mind sharing how old your child was when the divorce and breakup happened yeah, no, it's fine. He, uh, let me see, he turned seven and he turned six. He was five years old. Okay. Uh, yeah. And I mean, there was something great about that where we're like, oh, he's young mm -hmm. and he just, you know, he, it's like, he might not mm -hmm. have, you know, ultimately have a ton of memories mm -hmm. about when we were even together, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so he really, he rolled with mm -hmm. it. You know, I had always told him that we were never going to get divorced because there were, there was families getting divorced in his preschool mm. and like you know that was what I believed sure. um, and that's what my ex had you know co-signed mm. and so there was a moment where my kid was like mm. you lied you know mm. you said you would never get divorced mm. and that was hard wow. and I said well you know I didn't want to but the thing with the with marriage is both people have to agree to be married mm. and in me and Baba couldn't agree mm. to be married so it just had it had to happen so there's, oh there's, my God, you just don't, yeah, yeah, you don't want to like break a kid's, um, sure, I don't know, faith or hope in 
marriage yeah, relationships, sure. partnerships, but you right. also want to show them real life. Yeah, so, absolutely. you know, I we tried to, I have to imagine that like in a weird metaphorical way that like you're telling your son was also a way of your reckoning with the reality of the situation too, right? Like we want to fight so hard to, to the, the quote I keep coming back to is like, it's an insult to the idea what the pain, a lot of the pain is, is an insult to the idea of what it was supposed to be versus what it ended up being. And like, that's so insulting to the ego and like, what the fuck? And the way you had yeah. to verbally or constantly reckon with your son with this idea, it probably was a lot of, of sort of maybe talking to your own inner self of, of that experience. I, I assume. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah, it was, it was really heartbreaking, yeah. you know, cause I did just think that we had formed something very magical right. that needed to be protected. Yeah. And, um, you know, astrologically, like my Venus is in Capricorn. So I definitely ah. mate for life, yeah. you know, even, even though I, I have all these like slutty things, I'm like, I want to mate for life with be like polyamorous, yeah. but you know, but I, I really, um, it was very hard for yeah. me to disengage, wow. yeah. you know, from, from the path that we'd been on for sure. It was sure. hard. It was very hard. And in like, mm -hmm. Oh, a crazy way as an outsider looking in, you know, you went into this experience with the idea that like, I'm doing this on my own. And then to come out of that, was there sort of this, I don't know, re-reckoning with the idea of, okay, I thought I was going to do this alone. I ended up not for a little bit. And now I'm, you know, physically alone, maybe not spiritually or, or community wise alone in this, but was there some sort of irony to, to doing it alone in a way again? I mean, it was really interesting where I couldn't shake this sense of like, wow, this person came into my life for a very specific thing, mm. you know, and I wrote a whole story the way that we do when we fall in love. You know, I wrote a whole story about what it meant and what it was going to be, but they really, the universe brought them to me, you know, when I needed like physical basic, I needed a fucking egg, mm -hmm. you know, and like this person brought you know, brought me that gift and, and, and signed up and helped me do it. Like I couldn't have done it physically. I couldn't have done it financially. Mm. Like I needed their help a hundred percent. And so I just, it was really wild. Mm. Um, and I always had to just remember that, you know, that, that, and I had, I had their support through the hard part of, you know, first giving birth and, you know, tending to a newborn yeah. with a C-section scar and healing from a surgery and, you know, all this stuff. So, so it was really great. Right. Um, but also like, you know, we had relocated and I, we had made all of these life choices as a family mm -hmm. that like, if I had known I was going to end up single parenting, I probably wouldn't have moved to Los Angeles where I don't drive. <laughs> you know, I probably would have stayed in San Francisco where like I, it was easier for me to have an income yeah. as a writer. Yeah. Um, and I, all these other things. So I definitely felt sort of abandoned mm -hmm. and, and dropped mm -hmm. into this world that I didn't quite understand how to manage mm -hmm. solo. And it was hard for me to get back to that original mm -hmm. vision of like being a single mom and knowing that I could do mm. it. But I did have a lot of support, yeah. you know, from friends and my sister lives in Los Angeles and she's a mom and she was incredible. And then I moved my mom in with me, you know, I was just like, come on. Hey, you're, yeah. I'm like, you're like trapped in Florida, you know, having, having to have an early retirement yeah. as a nurse because of COVID. Wow. Why don't you just come live here and Perfect. You know, we'll help each other out. Oh my God. It has worked out. Not that my story is yeah. similar at all, but I adopted a dog, our foster dog. Ah! 
in the midst of this breakup, obviously, like mine wasn't necessarily sudden and unexpected. It had been going on for months of sort of like this, are we going to, are we not going to, but we live together and I decided to adopt our foster dog. And then I already had two cats before I got into the relationship. So in a way I was like, had I known I was going to end up as like a single mom with a dog and two cats, maybe would I have done anything different? But at the same time, I was like, no, this happened for me, not to me. And I'm so fucking glad I chose to adopt Hippo is his name. He's right next to me. Hippo. Oh God. That's so cute. Because in a way, like I have this thing to heal with, you know, he's got, he just had surgery. He's got massive skin problems. We just found out he might have an autoimmune disorder, but like, I feel like we're healing together and he came into my life for a fucking reason. And like saying that same thing that you were talking about where it's like this thing happened for a reason for a time and, and the growth was massive. And, um, you know, I think our breakup is very hard because no one cheated or, you know, (laughs) there wasn't some chaotic explosion that changed everything. It was like, a long right. love like it's not like we don't love each other anymore but choosing yeah. ourselves has been so so fucking hard and i just want to yeah. honor like how massive that was for you to choose that despite all of these reasons why i think people stay in things or stay in anger for longer and and it seems like you really yeah. chose love and chose yourself and um, not to like spoiler alert, give away the ending, but you are in now a completely different relationship, a completely different situation. Tell me just about like, how were you like, hi, this is my baby also, who is also a collaboration between two other people, but also I want to get married. And also, also, also I'm amazing. What's, what was that journey? Oh, I know it was so wild. You know, me and my ex had opened up our relationship, um, maybe the year before we ended, um, and I had gone on a date with this person and it was actually a really awkward date. I wasn't sure. And then we were open to seeing each other again, but our schedules were weird and we just kind of didn't. And then COVID happened. And, but right before COVID, I had kind of re-encountered him on uh, Tinder and I'd swiped again and I, and, and we we're like, Oh, Hey, hey. Again, you know? And I was like, I don't know. There's something I'm, I'm really, there's something really attractive to me about this person. I feel drawn mm. to them. Um, however, they're very slow going. And I can be a little bit of an insane Mm. whirlwind and just be like, what, we haven't, it's the first date and we haven't had sex in a bathroom yet. Like, are we even, do we even like each other? Do you even think I'm cute? You really are, no. Like, I can, I can't wait. This is, I'm talking to my future self. This is great. (laughs) I mean, I have a lot of Leo energy in my chart. So, you know, it is that kind of like, let's party, let's go. And what's really great is that because of COVID, like, we were just, we had like, first we had a texting courtship. Where I was just like completely charmed by their wit and their in- weird interests. And I was like, this person's fascinating. Like, this is a really cool person. And then we were doing silly things like, let's go to the movies together, meaning like he'd what we'd watch, we were both in our separate homes watching Stop, the same movie so and like texting witty commentary Aww. to each other. And then we had like a social distance date masked where we went to like the Hollywood Forever <gasps> Cemetery and just right like down walked the around. from me. Oh, yeah, I do. when you said oh, I moved to LA, I was like, wait, wait, we can hang out. <laughs> we can hang out. We should we hang should. out. Totally. <laughs> so we did that. And I, and I was like a very different vibe mm. after like the buildup. And I was like, I could feel their energy. I was like, I think we would have hot sex. I'm just getting this vibe. Yeah. And then we just very slowly, and it's really a weird blessing of COVID because I think that 
you know, he's kind of a slow moving introvert mm-hmm. and I can, you know, sometimes overlook that energy because I'm so, mm-hmm. I'm so, I can be so wild, mm-hmm. you know, and ungrounded. And so he really, I kind of grounded into mm-hmm. this. And then when we were falling in love, I got really scared because mm-hmm. I'm like, I still had so much right, pain about the right. breakup. I'm like, oh my God, I don't want to have a weird overlap. That feels messy Mm -hmm. to me and yucky. I don't want to be feeling like I'm falling in love one minute. And then the Mm -hmm. next minute I'm like, love doesn't even exist. Mm -hmm. Love is a hoax. Mm -hmm. Like I just was, Mm -hmm. I was in a lot of different places and it felt unfair to Mm -hmm. him. I'm like, you are such a beautiful little unblemished rose of love. You deserve somebody who can give it to you a hundred percent and not suddenly, you know, peace out with grief, you know, but he really, he really maintained that he, he wanted to be there. Yeah. And so I let him be there and oh. I tried to run away a few times. Oh. And then it just, I sort of just through time relaxed more deeply into it. Mm. It relaxed more deeply into this, like, well, this is just the timing. It might feel a little like messy, um, but it is such a gift. Like, who am I to turn away this mm. amazing person? Um, and, you know, him and my kid fell in love mm. with each other. That's they, what I was you know, my kid, <laughs> oh my God, my kid is obsessed Aww. with him and, you know, he's entered into this whole journey of being a stepfather and being a parent. And that's, you know, for a queer person who just didn't think that that was their path, who has their own childhood trauma, mm. like it's been so incredibly healing mm. for him to just like walk into this role and be so, so devoted to the role mm. and so good at it. So, and and then just getting to watch this person sort of rise to the occasion mm. of being like a dad mm. has just ugh. I'm horny just listening so, yeah. to it like hearing like a man <laughs> step into it's... their power as a father I'm like wait okay yeah. fuck yeah you yeah love to it's hear very it. fucking yeah. hot yeah it's so so hot and um and yeah so he proposed to me at the Hollywood Forever Cemetery oh, it was day. really cool I oh know my and he'd rented a hearse <laughs> and drove me home in a hearse that was all tricked out <laughs> I you know this. with like it was so cute. And we got married um, in March at the Madonna Inn. Oh, cute. And it was very joyful. Yeah. It was really incredible. And it was really wild because, like I said, you know, when I was previously married, it, it was the, I was miscarrying actively during mm. my wedding. And, and all my guests knew mm. that. And everyone was very sweet. And I still enjoyed that sure. wedding. You know, I was shocked at how much I did. I was afraid it would be very sad, yeah. but it was actually felt really sweet. Wow. But, but at this wedding, so many of my friends were like, well, this is a lot more fun than the last <laughs> wedding. That was kind of a bummer. That wedding was kind of sad. <laughs> I was like, oh, really? Well, nobody told me Let's that. You guys really honest. put on a brave face oh for me. God. Yeah, they were very oh honest. Oh, my God. Michelle, yeah. okay. Well, last question because this is, this has been such a fun time and, and I, I can't wait oh, to so like glad. immediately download your book right after we hang up. But, you know, after all you've been through, are there any plans to have another child hell no (laughs) absolutely not (laughs) i mean i'm 50 i'm 51 years old right and like it's like i mean what's the magical uterus stays stays healthy forever Mm -hmm. i mean you could Mm -hmm. actually you know you can't necessarily produce a baby with your own eggs but you could certainly you know give you know gestate a baby but i don't i don't want to do yeah. that and my son does not want siblings he's such a little spoiled brat only uh, kid and you know it's so yeah. hard it is so hard i mean it's beautiful mm-hmm. to have babies through all the different stages but i was never one of those moms that were like oh no he's growing up so fast yeah. you know i was like enjoy it's it. fine for him to grow i mean yeah i lo- i loved every stage and i always looked forward to him being 
old enough for me to have like an interesting yeah. conversation with and go off to school so that I can yeah. work, you know, and, and we're there yeah. now. That's where we are. And it feels living really good. in that bliss. I absolutely love to see it. Yes. And so totally, happy for the way totally. your story turned out. It's such a whirlwind. And I, Thank I can only you. imagine how fun and funny the book is. So please tell us where can listeners, where can coffee dogs find knocking myself up? <laughs> Um, it's available everywhere. It's definitely available at all your favorite indie bookstores. If for some reason they don't have it in stock, they will order yes. it for you. Um, and then, of course, if you get your books on Amazon, you can order it on Amazon. It'll come right to your door. It's it's widely available. And where can people find you? Where do you want to be found? Oh, I'm on Instagram at Michelle Tease, uh, T-E-A-Z. You can find me there. Um, every Thursday night, I do a live tarot show on Spotify yes. Live. So it just means you can come into the room. You know, it's like one of those audio sure. audio apps and you can raise your hand. Uh, and, you know, if I pick on you and you got a problem, I'll pull tarot cards uh, for you. It's super fun. Well, I'm definitely going to come be joining because yeah. I got some, you know, I'm moving through some massive energy. So I'll see you Thursday. You I know. Oh, my God. Oh, you should I will. totally come. I promise. Oh, I'll my gosh. You I will be there. I would be an Absolutely. honor. Okay, Michelle, cool. it's been beyond a pleasure. Thank you so much for sharing your story and your truth and being vulnerable and choosing yourself and moving through all of that with love. So thank you so much. And you're just absolutely fabulous. Thanks for having me. This has been, it's been awesome to oh, talk with amazing. you. All right, Coffee Dons, you know where to find all the links below. Make sure you rate this five stars on iTunes. If it's not five stars, please don't rate it at all because I'm sensitive. And we will see you next week. Bye. Thanks, Michelle. Thank you.